For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Oh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Live on the podcast. Do it. (laughs) That's, that would be good. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that relies on work and not luck. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And that is why we are not as successful as some other shows. Yes. (laughs) It's because we've had all of the work and none of the luck. None of the luck. (laughs) Welcome to my new setup. I was going to say, I was going to comment about this. Am I now expected to have sort of a smorgasbord behind me to match your vibe? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm I'm thinking about like making this area a little more like tr- uh, what's it called? Um, nice. Like like <laughs> like <laughs> this this works for like Sean's stream. Like this yeah, is very Sean's it's, it's personality behind me. Yeah. You know, it's like I I love the Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wine the, o'clock somewhere. Yeah, sort that's of thing. That's funny. Yeah. The Nintendo Switch thing. Phoebe's uh Phoebe's sister painted that actually. Kelly painted him a Nintendo Switch thing. Okay. Um, the letter board behind him referencing someone named Eric, who I don't know. Right. Uh, the squishy animals that have names that I don't remember. I think the octopus's name is Oswald. Um, he's got like a speaking stuff. Yeah. And then of course the gay skeleton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. And the Star Wars, like a Star Wars, I'm thinking about like uh, figuring out a way to like close the curtain. That's what I was so going to say. If you, you know? if you just close it over and then maybe had like a little, sign that you put up that was like patrick time and then yeah. everyone would everyone would be looking and be like oh look it's patrick time something you know? like that i think yeah but yeah. sean sean streams uh his his studio is there's a little there's a little room in our house that mm-hmm. is this size right it's very tiny this is yes. just a, it looks like it's about the size of a closet yeah i've a little seen it. bigger than a closet and um yeah, you've been to my house oh yeah. and uh it used to be the office of the or the workshop of the people who lived here before so the guy who lived here before were they watches. toy makers oh okay watches watch watch makers yeah similarly so would, a european way yeah he would okay. toil away in this office deep into the night yeah and so this lost office track of time hands over the years it used to like be the real estate office my parents did real estate it used to mm-hmm. be then it just became like the normal office um and now it's sean's stream room Cave. which is cool yeah you know? And so I was like, I was like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, use a little, let's like work together here. You know, let's, let's build up, you know, let's soundproof this place, you know, cause Leo's bedroom is across the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, his temporary bedroom. He gets his own hallway. room. No, no. Oh. Our bed. Yeah. Okay. I was about to yeah. say, dang, that boy's living large. Moves <laughs> to Florida, gets his own room. Come right? on. <laughs> The, the the issue though is that the the doors the interior doors of our house are original to the house so oh. they're very old yeah sure that's good though, and, isn't it 
Um, no, 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 because the the house was built in the 1960s, and so it was built with cheap materials uh, interiorly. The interior materials. Hey, I got I got good news for you. Houses built in 2023 are also built with cheap materials. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so you were you were thinking like, oh, it's old, so they must be like. Heavy it's probably wood. real no. wood. Yeah, no, it's it not. is real. Yeah, okay. uh, no, I don't think it's real wood. What is it I pine? Think... What are you rocking? Pine. I don't know, but it's Those, very. It's very. Great cedar doors. I tell you that much. In the Florida humidity, that don't make no sense at all. Having a cedar door on the interior. I don't of the understand. House. I don't <laughs> making the cherry sense. wood. I don't know. <laughs> make, I just made up a guy. New guy just dropped. Guy who really cares about the different woods that you use on interior construction <laughs> in in oh, tropical this, climates. I think this volume changes my volume. So he goes to a conference every year, and he's the only keynote speaker. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the interior doors are very thin. Yeah. And so I think the door needs to be like replaced with yes. something a little more soundproof. Yeah. And then we need to take these corners and you know put some padding on the corners because yeah. corners are really what kills the soundproofing. Yes. Um, or the echo. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Yes. How long do you expect to stay at this place? Well, I don't know how long I expect to stay here. Yeah. Like at, do you mean in this in this space, recording space? In this in this home. Well, I, I hope to only be living at my parents' house for about a month or so. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because, you know, it's nice to have your own space. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You're already, you're already feeling it, huh? Not really. No, not really. Because, okay, like, my my uh, my mom's not here. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's traveling for work. My dad is mostly gone all day. I have my own. They set me up an office downstairs, which is nice. Huge. Um, Gargantuan. Yeah. But the uh, I think the a, a, a space like this, where it's like a space that I have access to, where I can go and record the podcast, mm-hmm. would be beneficial. Ah, so, like, so you're, you're expect, going for like a long term play. Yeah, I'm looking for a to... long term. Yeah, being able to record <laughs> in Sean's room. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And eventually, you'll edge him out, and he won't stream from there anymore. It'll just be you, and you'll be the podcast, and he'll be the rat king that's destroyed all the other creatures, and you will be victorious in the underworld of podcasting, and you will pull young boys and girls into your slave pens, and you'll use them to (laughs) edit your content because you're the rat king now, and you're big, grumpy. Yeah. Yeah, rat king. That's (laughs) but yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with having some of Sean's stuff behind me. I don't think it's a big deal because, you know, yeah. it's like the it adds to our whimsical. But there it needs does. to be some kind of cohesion, right? Yeah, like we need to have a like... we need to have a brainstorm about what we want our visual identity to be other than uh, a, a youth minister's office, a vacuum cleaner and the Blessed Virgin Mary, which are all great things. Good things. Yeah. But it just doesn't it doesn't have the same panache as, say, yes. uh you know, uh, the, the, the tonight show, which is sure. w- what we're going for. You know? We're going for the tonight show. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming for their spot. We're gunning for them. I was driving down the road. Oh, for those of you who don't know, I moved back to Melbourne, Florida. So yeah, we I talked go. about this last week, but if you're yeah. just tuning in first episode of the show, Patrick lived in Pittsburgh for a long time and then he was going to move and be my neighbor. And then he said, I hate you. And then he Actually, moved to yes. Melbourne, Florida. Melbourne. And I was driving down U, uh, US one North Harbor city Boulevard in, yeah. in, in Melbourne, Florida. And I was driving past like one of those, like, uh, those little strip mall areas. Yeah. And it had one of those signs outside that has all the businesses. And one mm-hmm. of the businesses was just black background, white letters, podcast. And I wow. Was like, 
<laughs> that's that's where I want to do all my shopping. What? <laughs> I'll get everything so I, I need. I was like, what is it though? And so I, I I'm gonna go buy. You should. Let us like, know. Hey, hey, I you hear you sell podcasts? podcasts. I hear you sell podcasts. Yeah. I would like to purchase a podcast, please. Yeah. Fifty cc's of podcast right into my veins. Thank you very much. Cc's. Yeah, cubic centimeters. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about Mario Kart now. Cubic centimeters. That's right. what we're talking about. Um, I I'm not moving, but yeah. I have. Yes, you are. Well, I am. I'm not moving right <laughs> now. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, I am you. moving in about a month and a half. We'll see. Depends on if they can fix the thing that they messed up. They're doing a great job, but they just did something that's not. It's not centered. It's like, all right. Well, why do you have more? Space oh, that's right. On one side than the other side. Anyway, not important. This is a bonus podcast. Yeah, we have the best teams working on it that are going to fix the <laughs> issue. Um, but uh, I have tomorrow and Friday off, which is oh, great good. because I work for a Christian organization, and uh, they give us the Triduum off. Mm-hmm. And so tonight we are departing on a five-day journey. Yes. Because we have not probably since I think Emma and I were thinking about it, we haven't been up to see like our families where they are since like June or July, I think, mm-hmm. of last year. And so we're gonna go, we're gonna drive to Wichita on tonight, and we'll drive to Kansas City tomorrow, and then we'll drive to Nebraska on Friday, and then we'll be there Saturday, Sunday, and then we'll drive back to Wichita on Sunday. Yeah. And then come all the way back to Oklahoma City on Monday. So we're just cool. doing we're doing the whole circuit of we're gonna see our Wichita friends, our Kansas City friends and family, our Nebraska family, and then stop in Wichita again and be home. And uh it's gonna be a lot of traveling, it's gonna be a lot of driving with the boy. Yeah. And uh, we've just started sleep training, so we're gonna screw all that up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think it'll be nice. Uh it is it'll break up the monotony of the triduum which is, you know, is good. But I don't know what I would do if I was just home all day for like three days, you know? It's like you can't just yeah. pray all day anymore. And uh, <laughs> I have like work to do, you know? So I guess, I don't know. It'll be nice to just not be home. I guess we'll be doing something. Yeah, be I get fun. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I mean, I haven't had like triduum, a regular triduum tradition in Ever? years. Yeah. Years. No, I used to have it. Mm-hmm. Our, our youth group was very like, this is what we do during the triduum. Like it was. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was like we all went to Holy Thursday Mass, and then the next day we had living stations. So a lot of us were in living stations. So either you went or you were in it. That was yeah. cool. And then Holy Saturday was. I mean, Holy Saturday is Holy Saturday. It's right. very like yeah. Every, Holy and Saturday uh, is just the is you just kind of the weirdest nap. day of the year. Yeah, you it is really is a strange day because it feels very empty. Feels like mm-hmm. you shouldn't really do anything, but you also are like, I mean, I can't do nothing, you know. That's Which is weird. a good feeling to have on Holy it Saturday. Is. It I is think. a good but feeling. You, you got to lean into it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's you got to read. What you got to do is Holy Saturday. If you're feeling weird, good thing that this podcast honest. is coming out on Easter Sunday. Dang, sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> next That's year, right. next year, next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. What you got to do next year, Holy Saturday, is you got to read the uh, something strange is happening today. Uh, uh, reading from the Office of Readings on Holy Saturday. Do you know what I'm mm. talking about? No, I I don't. It's a, it's an anonymous first century homily mm-hmm. about Holy Saturday, and, and we're just going to trust this guy. <laughs> we don't know who this guy is. Um, but yeah, so it, it's uh, 
you I, last year one of my one of my friends Stephen um he was one on my core team one of my friends Stephen he uh he led uh what's it called um Tenebrae yeah at Archangel Gabriel for yeah. three days we did wow. we did three days of Tenebrae at five o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning it was great it was awesome and uh I got to read that reading during Tenebrae and it was so cool Nice. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try and find out if there's a Tenebrae service around because I want to do that um, on the evening of Good Friday into Holy Saturday, and then um, well back back in the day in high school we would all go to the Easter Vigil because you know that's what you do, and right. then we would all we would all go to the Easter Vigil and then we would wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go to Sunrise Mass on the beach. Nerds. Yep, I've told you about this. And yeah. then we would eat omelets. And that's, that's not happening this year. The omelet thing isn't happening this year, obviously, because yeah. I mean, COVID. high school's over. You oh, know, like yeah. <laughs> it's just not happening. Although my, my friend whose dad used to do the omelets just texted me. So maybe I'll be like, yo, Zach, I'll make the omelets. You bring the yeah. stuff. I'll, br- I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring the eggs. You bring the. But it's very it was like looking back, it was very, uh, very biblical because, you know, after the resurrection, Jesus cooked breakfast on the beach. Right. So that's great. That's, that's the extent of the analogy, but yeah, yeah. That, was, that was what, that was what Trudeau used to be. And now it's just like, I don't know, we'll find a church to go to, I guess. Yeah. It's, it'll be that's weird. What it was, yeah. Cause we're, we're not going to go to the Holy Thursday mass because it's during Peter's bedtime. So that's kind of a, uh, yeah. a fun wrinkle, you know, it's just yeah. like we, my mom was like, are you going to go to the, all the masses? And I was like, maybe I probably not because probably I, not, yeah. I got a kid. So we probably aren't going to go to the vigil. And so I haven't been to Easter Sunday mass in a long time. You know, I've only ever, I've done the vigil for probably seven or eight years in a row now. I don't think I've ever done Easter Sunday mass that wasn't on the beach, (laughs) like in a church. And I I hadn't done, I've never, I hadn't done Christmas day until recently either. (laughs) Really? It was always Christmas. Yeah, we always, we always, I think we've done Christmas day maybe once, but we always done Christmas Eve typically. So everything just kind of gets thrown in a blender when you have your start having kids it's like all right well like that one song the heart in a blender song by eve six yeah no you're digging deep into a bag of tricks that i'm not privy to i it's top of mind for me because we follow each other on twitter when i put my tender heart in a blender water spin around to a beautiful oblivion rendezvous yeah that song no I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rhymes. Keep the singing the lyrics and maybe eventually I'll figure it out. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we're both too young to get that re- to get that song because it was Probably. popular in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. Yeah. But in I was the 90s. In huge, I, was I was listening to alt rock Mozart for babies is what I was listening no, to. I was I was I was big into like I was big into like alt rock when I was in high school. And so I listened to like Eve six mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Matchbox 20 doesn't does that count? I think that does count. Yeah, I don't know anything about any of that, but I'm a, I'm a, it'll be good. It'll be fine. Everything's weird. Everything everything is weird. That's what I've learned ever since having a kid is it's it's just weird and it's strange and nothing is ever the same and everybody yeah. expects things out of you and you just can't do anything because you just have to take care of your kid <laughs> who expects yeah. the most out of you every minute of every, yeah, every day. little literally everything yeah yeah no it's so, huge it's, it's this is good. like I, I i think this is good having kids is a good thing yeah it teaches you to be a little less selfish yeah you know? even well, with your own spirituality right in theory like, i'm in still theory. struggling with that pretty well being the pretty fact selfish. that you're struggling with it means that you're learning yeah I'm, 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 <laughs> i got a lot of teachers if you weren't 
if you weren't struggling with being selfish, I would be concerned that you're actually learning how to not be selfish. <laughs> yeah, this is this is good because it kind of dovetails accidentally into what I wanted the topic to be today. Really? Yeah. Well, because I was reading a book. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I read the whole book. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Eric was here. Um, Eric was here. He really so was. It's it's funny because we're like talking about how we're only going to read nonfiction books on the main pod and then uh, fiction books on the bonus pod, which is true moving forward. But this is my last in week there. where I get to sneak in. I started reading a a book that I got at the at the annual library book sale, uh, oh. and I just recently finished it. It's Hemingway. You might have heard of him, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, sorry. You got to you got to specify which Hemingway, you know, like Joe Hemingway, <laughs> Joe Hemingway, Cindy Hemingway. No, it's Ernest Hemingway. And he Muhammad Hemingway. He is an interesting character. Have you ever read Hemingway? Or do you know anything about him? Uh, Walden Woods. That guy. That's Henry David Thoreau. Mm, what's the difference? All right. I don't have time to give you a lesson right now, but I need you to stop being obtuse. Okay. <laughs> Hemingway was cool because he 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 was like an expatriate after the uh, the war. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So he lived in uh, he lived in Europe, and a lot of his books kind of reflect his. It's like this weird. It, it this book that he wrote is his first book. It's called The Sun Also Rises. People say it's like the first modern book because it's very uh stripped down or like one of the first american modern pieces of literature sure. not like don quixote modern but like modern in the you know 20th century sense this is the first book they didn't have those. <laughs> i can't believe they invented book. books in 1890 what the book is about is uh it is very stripped down so it's a lot of like the dialogue is very quick and there's not a lot of description about the characters. And so I think that's that style is something that was just not very common prior oh, to sure. Hemingway writing this book. And so I don't really want to talk about the book itself. It's interesting. You can see how someone might read it and become an incel. You could see how people would think that <laughs> Hemingway is an incel and that he hates women and Jews and gay people. I don't think that's what the book is about, but that's, that's a lot of like the leftist critiques is that there's oh, sure. comments made in the book by characters about those people. And it's like, well, I don't think he was endorsing Can't this people, this guy being racist against the Jews. You know, sure. I think I think everyone in this book was drunk the whole time, and it was not. So was Hemingway, and so was Hemingway, right? But anyway, so at the end of the book, or like the second half of the book, it all centers around this festival in Spain. I'm sorry, I just I got I got to interject because please, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of productivity books, right? Yeah, of course. And how like productivity books love to like look back on um, on like old authors that were very successful. Like, what did they do? For instance, I in, in my copy of Hunchback, which we're reading on the bonus podcast, right? Whoa. Um, it mentions that uh, it mentions that Victor Hugo he in order to finish the book in a short amount of time, he had his assistant lock all of his clothes in a trunk, what? so he couldn't go outside, and all he had was like a blanket for when he got cold. So he wrote the entire book in his underwear. Because he, if he had put on clothes, he'd be tempted to go outside and not finish the book. Uh huh. And I was like, that's I was I read that. I was like, oh, that's kind of like how people lock their phones in closets or whatever. And then sure. I was reading a productivity book later, and they mentioned that story like later that day. It was very funny. And I, I was like, I read that. I was like, that sounds like a productivity hack thing. 
But it's funny because like you read these stories about like Hemingway and Thoreau specifically, people love those guys when they talk mm-hmm. about productivity or Carl Jung, like built a, a castle that built a tower that he locked himself in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you read the actual biographies of their life is like in the, in the productivity version. It's like, oh, they went into like this, this cabin and they chilled there. And in the real life, it's like, and they were also like whacked they out were, on amphetamines. Yeah. They, they were like really doing cocaine and going the whole like, time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's how a lot of great art comes about, you know? <laughs> Just drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Should we podcast in our underwear? Uh, doing it right now, baby. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not. <laughs> I am wearing He's gym not. shorts. <laughs> I'm wearing, uh, I got some, I got some britches on. I won't I say what a kind. T-shirt. I was wearing a t-shirt that advertised, uh, an unnamed podcast network that I don't want to give free pub to on the podcast. The Ringer? Yeah, and uh, no, <laughs> and uh, so I threw on this shirt that I once wore with blue pants, and someone on stream said that I looked like a gender announcement balloon. So that was funny. <laughs> someone on stream? You were on stream when I was on stream uh, a couple of months ago. I think it was oh. Bagel said that I looked like oh. I looked like a, a, a gender announcement balloon. Yeah, That's so mean. I know, Bagel. Bagel was pwning me the entire like old school pwning me during my Pokemon stream because he was like, oh, you just got to Lavender Tower. I beat the Elite Four. Sucks. He was speed running against me. He won, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, because he's got time and you you were you were literally live streaming from your workplace. No, no, no. He was doing it as I did it. Oh, at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was playing it against me. What a what a that's 3D chess. I think what he did was he he just beefed up his his starter so that his starter could just 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 like barrel through everyone yeah i figured out the only time i played pokemon i figured out if you just level up your blastoise you can do anything and there's yeah. no rules so yeah that's just what i did i was like you don't right. like need to build up a team or anything yeah water power <laughs> got them hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. 
Okay, so anyway, so this book, it centers around the festival in Spain where they do the bulls and the running. Oh, yeah. And this, there's a lot of things in this book that are interesting, but this is very, you read a lot of books from this time period, kind of early 20th century, even back into the 18th and 17th centuries, books that were set in these time periods. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you see people just going on vacation for like a month and a half. And they're just buying alcohol and food and staying in hotels and buying train tickets and renting cars and doing all these things. And it's it's not explained in these books as if that's anything weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that makes me I've, I was reading this and I was thinking about the nature of of the feast, because a lot of the book centers around the seven day long festival. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a religious festival, but then it's also the bullfighting and it's also the running with the bulls and it's all it's uh, yeah. it's all kind of together. And first, like the main characters on they go fishing for like two weeks before this festival and they're already traveling to other places. And then after the festival's over, there's like another two weeks where he hangs out at some other like beach town. It's like, OK, so you've it's like you calculate up all the time that this cast of characters has been not doing anything. It's like it's like a lot of time. Granted, one of the characters, I think, like inherited some money, but yeah. she wasn't paying for anybody else. One of the guys was just in debt. And I think it was just really easy to get in debt back in the day because it felt like every character, like a, you read a Dickens book, everyone's in debt. Everyone's got creditors. Yeah. So I uh-huh. guess you could just go and accrue debt in places, you know, and like. Never... Well, yeah, because indentured servitude was like real back then. And yeah. people were fine with because one of two things, they either get their money back or they get a, a slave. They get a slave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I th- there's that. But then it's like the main character is just a guy who works at a newspaper uh-huh. writing stories. And most of the time he's not even writing stories. He's just drinking and eating and going fishing. And I'm just. Part of me is like, okay, is this fictionalized? But then the other part of me is I've I've seen this so many times where people just go on holiday for so long. And it just, it makes me think about, we don't, it's crazy that in America, we have so, there's so much money. There's so much productivity. There's so much wealth. And you don't see anybody taking a month to go fishing you know, in, uh, in the mountains. No, it's crazy. Cause we have all of the, like what you're, what you're describing is the upper middle class. Okay. Back it then. didn't, it didn't feel like that in the book. It didn't feel no. like that they were very wealthy people, but, but what you're just like a salary, the idea of a salary is like, you just get paid a stipend from this organization. Yeah. And you just do the job kind of. Yeah. But there was like no expectate. Like I, he works for a newspaper yeah. to write stories. He's like a foreign correspondent, like a yeah. newspaper in America, like the Toronto Star or something. Yeah. And so he, he lives expenses in Paris. All of his, so he expenses everything. Yeah. And he writes a story a month. And they're like, great. That's you know, because they're not they're not doing like 24 hour news cycle stuff. Sure. You know, or he writes one story a week. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's like. I mean, but even even so uh, we can talk about that. But the other thing, too, is that that seven day festival with the bulls and everything, there were lots of also in the story, there were lots of people from just the the Spanish countryside, like farmers and peasants that came and also partied for seven days and drank and ate and did all those things. And so that's like it's like even the poor people could afford to take a week off of work and party for seven days in a row. Yeah. 
And that's even I, something that I don't, we don't know see. how much of you that know? is fictionalized, but you could right. imagine you could imagine like a harvest festival where it's like, hey, we're all done with our harvest. Yeah. Let's go drink, baby. Let's right. run. Right. I, I don't know. It, I I there must be something different. I, I, I don't want to like I don't want to like look at that book and say, oh, things must have been different back then. Because like you watch TV shows and it's like when when does Jerry Seinfeld go to work? You know, like what, when do That's these people, true. how yeah. does Kramer get his money? You know well, what I mean? Jerry, or, Jerry works at night. They show him at the beginning of every oh, episode doing stand up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's always flying places. But it's, Kramer like, obviously always, never works. That's the, how bit. are they, how, how are these people getting any of their money? You know, uh, yeah. or, or like, or like the people in friends or how I met your mother. It's like, how are yeah, you yeah. all right. free all the time? Yeah. Um, community is a better example. They all go to college. And they're never shown like working <laughs> really. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true to real life though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they all live off of like one of them is independently wealthy. And this is the answer, right? One of them is independently wealthy for community, right? Two of them are probably living with their parents. One of them is living with his parents. Uh, I don't know how Jeff gets his money. Cause he lost his job. That's the whole point of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how Shirley gets her money because she's a single mom. You know, there's like there's a couple of characters where it makes sense, a couple where it doesn't. Um, but I think this is this is like if you see people, I don't think peasants would be able to take a month off and go fishing. Um, Probably not. But I guess to your point, right? None of us are peasants, right? <laughs> you know, right? I'm I'm just, even if you do a one to one and you look at the upper middle class in America, how many of them are taking a month off? You know. Yeah, and it is wild. It's wild because, like, man, I was, I was, I saw this LinkedIn post that was like, uh, never ask for three weeks off because during those three weeks, they'll find out they can get along without you and then you'll get fired. And I was like, that, that is crazy. crazy. Yeah. And you're probably right. (laughs) But also, I hate that so much. Yeah. (laughs) And there's, there's very few, like, there's very few jobs where you can simply you know be and still survive Mm -hmm. i think that's why a lot of people look at stuff like this podcasters or youtube creative work creative work and they go ah i would love to do that people do this a lot with writing actually yeah yeah yeah. that's what they do with writing probably because they read this guy who's a writer and he gets to fish in paris and you know and fall in love with a woman but he's impotent and he just drinks all the time that's probably why he's impotent um, he's impotent because of his war wound oh he got shot in the he yeah. slammed he flammed <laughs> <laughs> you like that video that i sent you i watched it like <laughs> six times i sent it to sean and nick and nick was like 6.5 million views and i was like yeah that's it i don't yeah. understand yeah, that was just me. I watched it six point four million times. I don't know where those other hundred thousand came from. Oh man, <laughs> I would find it, that was a very funny video about Daffy Duck that I cannot share publicly on the podcast. But if you would like but to we'll see share it, it with the cr- complete breakfast subscribers yeah, on Patreon. Yeah, on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon subscribers will figure out which video that we're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I, people people do this. People people romanticize creative work in this way. Yeah, like if if only I could, if only I could make money off of you know off of writing yeah. then then i'll be able to live the life that i want where in reality you should be able to do this if you like work at a you know work at a church 
Yeah. Work at a newspaper. The other element, too, that was interesting to me, it wasn't so much the, the, oh, these people took a bunch of time off, because I recognized that things were different back then, and you could just, you just had money, and it got wired to your account from overseas, and no one really knew anything, you know, because it was just so, I don't know, it was different, because there was a lot, it was post- World War One, so everyone and so you had these Americans living in Europe, and it just kind of was like, we're just going to do what we want to do. Yeah. But the thing that was more interesting to me was the seven day feast, because sure. I'm thinking about Easter coming up. This is why it said it dovetailed. I'm thinking about Easter coming up. I'm thinking about if I feasted for seven days, you'd have to you'd have to bury me in a hole. I think <laughs> you would die. <laughs> I think I would be dead because <laughs> I I don't know I don't have the endurance these people all of them they were they were getting up early they were drinking the spaniards were dancing all day long everyone was drinking wine all day they stayed up late to go to the bullfights they would drink after the bullfights they kept dancing they would go to mass and like pray and go to confession come back out into the streets keep dancing and it's just like i i i go outside to grill a hot dog and i have to sit down <laughs> The stamina of these Spaniards, I think. Yeah. So I wonder, do we have do we have a feasting stamina problem? Because it doesn't seem like we have a stamina problem when it comes to working. But then when you say like you look at, oh, I'm gonna party for three days, it's like, wow, he's really going on a bender. You know, that's whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I would even begin. How do you structure a, a week long feast? I don't even know what onion, to do. There was an onion article that was like local man. Um, local man almost had a good time. Like he he almost yeah. enjoyed an evening with friends, but yeah. then he remembered Whenever that he, he has to like, like buy a mom or something, buy his yeah. mom a gift or something. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah, it, it's we have a strange. I, I think the things that allow the technologies that allowed people to do that, mm-hmm. like go like wire money from the New York Times overseas to my mm-hmm. account you can't track me you don't know what i'm doing those technologies as they progressed ended up becoming the very things that enslaved us later yes right because now <laughs> you can wire money directly to my account but also you can monitor me <laughs> and so yeah. you can tell mm-hmm. you know it's easier for so like okay so i work i work for decided excellence now right whoa yeah crazy future and sponsor of the show possibly that's what they're um, saying. They're so I I I will build them in arrears for for all the times that we've mentioned their name. What's funny? What's funny is that I I don't, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I I was talking to them about uh, they were talking to me about sponsoring the show, and they're teaching me how to sell sponsorships for a local magazine. So they're teaching me how to sell sponsorships. Yeah, and they were like, "We should sponsor your show," and I was like, "Hey, if I can't sell you guys on a sponsorship for my show, you should probably just fire me, <laughs> right?" Because, yeah. like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. <laughs> what was funny was like I learned all this stuff about how to sell sponsorships and like how to get an organization to sponsor your your creative product, which is like a magazine, a Catholic magazine. And uh, I was like, "Oh, I've been doing it so wrong. I've been having so many like useless meetings with people who can't make yeah. decisions." You know, anyway, yeah. but. Like, so in the, in the past, right. It's like, uh, if I, if, if, if someone, if some company wanted to start magazines all over the country, they would send someone to like run local stories and find local sponsors and advertisers and all this stuff. 
and like they wouldn't be able to like communicate with me daily mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but like decided excellence can because like we could text back and forth right and so like with with foreign correspondence and like you know people working all over like Nash these national companies mm -hmm. they were good in the sense that they were centralized but disconnected but now we have centralization and connection and those two things are a problem yeah the centralization yeah. and connection means that the decision making happens far away from you and it has an immediate effect on you whereas before the centralization meant decision making took place far away from you but it didn't really matter right because you could just not do what they wanted. Yes. But these powerful centralized organizations got wise and they were like, well, we need to have, we need to tighten this up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like also there was a lot of like waste back then in terms of like, you could just yeah. spend money and it didn't really matter. Yeah. Especially in America, especially in post-war America. It was post-World post, post -World War One though. Yeah. Maybe this not. was post-World War One Europe. But was, is that, I think it's, hear me out is waste the worst thing in the world oh no 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 okay. no! not if it's a rich guy's money okay. i'm just saying i'm saying like they they weren't like they weren't like counting you know no making sure no. there wasn't very strict bookkeeping they but, weren't sending receipts back overseas no no they weren't doing <laughs> that but the it it also feels like we're so afraid to even ask for a system where like, I feel like if you ask the average American, you ask them, like, hey, would you be comfortable taking a month off? I think people would people would not know what to do with themselves yeah. if they had a month off of work. Like, can you, you, can you imagine it? No, I know exactly what they would do. What would they do, Patrick? They would start a side business. <laughs> <laughs> they would start a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, I can't imagine any... Any American person who's making 50 grand a year, say you get a month off, you get your whole salary, do with it what you will. Are they going fishing and camping and hiking? Probably not. Well, it's crazy because that's what uh, Cal Newport was talking about this on his podcast recently. He was like, if you go to your boss and say, I would like, I'll take a cut in salary, whatever. I would like to work eight months out of the year. And four months i just take four months off and you can keep paying me through that i'll take a salary cut obviously but just and he was like just do that you don't need two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to support a family of four so just take that pay cut bring it down to 100 or 150 or 200 and just chill you're fine obviously if you're like if i would do that if i was making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year yeah but that's that's who he's talking to he's yeah, talking yeah. to like wealthy engineers now yeah how about the rest of us who are not making $250,000 a year? Right. <laughs> they, they can't do that. But it's no. like, I would say, I think that if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think that my job as a youth minister would not have suffered if I took summers off. No, I think that I would have been able to, I think I would have been able to be fine. Yeah. Um, teachers do this. Professors do this. They take sabbaticals yeah. where they don't get paid their research salary stipend. They get paid or they don't get their teaching stipend. They get paid their research stipend because mm -hmm. the, the idea is like, you need to go spend time in leisure. I guess leisurely, leisurely um, uh, jobs are valuable. Mm -hmm. They are generally only accessible to the upper middle class. Yeah. Just because that's, but it, globally speaking, Americans are upper middle class. 
Yes. Writ large. Yes. If you have a salary above fifty thousand dollars and benefits, you are upper middle class. That's what so I mean when I say America's a religion. Yeah, I don't know. It's I think it's because we're Protestant, not a Catholic nation. You know, because we don't have this was the whole Easter thing. It's like if let's say, you know, we celebrate Easter, we understand that there's an octave of feasting after Easter. I'm in a position where I work for a company that's mostly Catholic, mm-hmm. where if I said Hey, um, I appreciate you guys giving me the the triduum off. Um, I'm also going to take off the eight days after Easter. I think New Polity gave everybody a three a Holy Week, Easter week, and the week after Easter vacation. That's great. If gave it, probably not because I just started like two months ago, so it's kind of like I haven't really done anything yet, so it feels kind of yeah disingenuous to be like, I'm going to take a week off now. But there's a reason year, why you have to earn vacation days. Yes, in some companies, yeah. But next year. I'm I'm gonna be fundraising. I'm gonna have proven like, yeah, I can hit the goals that you set for me. Like I'm a I'm a pretty competent fundraiser. I've met a lot of people. I'm gonna do all these things. Next year I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the week after Easter off. And me and Emma have talked about doing like a family week of feasts. But it's just sad because there's no like I can't get my friends to take that time off. You yeah. know, because not everybody else is in that position where they work for like a Catholic organization or work in something that's flexible, like fundraising or sales. And so it just, is there, is there a way, is there a way to do this culturally? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. We're just too I mean, far. Is, we're just other... too deeply enslaved into the technocratic state to ever have yeah, more than I mean, three days off at a time ever again. The thing is, is that we're too dependent on money. I understand like you need like these guys needed money to live, but like not everybody needed money exclusively to live. Yeah. You know, the, the peasant farmers were able to take time off because they could store all their food. So they had their base livelihood there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but and now you a like 30 year debt to a bank to own. You have property. to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to spend money every day. Yes. Like you can't. There's, I'm you spending can't money right now because I've got electricity on. You know, yes, this, this costs yeah. what I'm doing right now is costing me money. Yes, you have to you have to spend money. It's like crazy. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money, like just moving into our parents house. Yeah. My parents house, oh, my gosh. Was like the 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 monthly expense for this month. We looked at it, I was like, holy cow, that's just so much gone. Yeah, it's ridiculous, which is helpful because I didn't get all my vacation days paid out. Whatever. You guys warned me and I just didn't heed. Yeah. Anyway. But I did get all my school paid for, so that's good. <laughs> that's helpful. But yeah. yeah, it's like there's constant money being spent, and I don't think that was the case. Like if you, mm-hmm. there's that story in the Bible about like a woman who has ten coins. Could you right. imagine <laughs> ten coins? Ten coins. Is that a lot that's of? Coins? Not a lot of money at all. That's not a that's lot of just coins. Ten coins. Yeah. And she's like looking all over the place for her coin. Yeah, because she's very coin. responsible. But I. Hmm. It's what interesting. I'm saying is like she was able to survive. That woman obviously right. was able to survive only having 10 coins. Yeah. Or that person who puts their last two pennies in the thing. And Jesus is like, look at this person. But it's like, obviously, if they needed that to live, they wouldn't have done that. You know? Yeah. Like that person was like, I can give the last of my money because I have other ways to take care of myself besides money. But yeah, he was like, detached from survive. the money. Yeah. And Jesus was like, look, he's giving up the last of his money. It was she. It was a woman. It was a woman. Sorry. Yes. It was, it was a, a widow. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, I like the the speaking of Thoreau, which was the Walden Wood thing. The Walden yeah. Woods thing was like he built a cabin and tried to see how much he tried to see how much he needed to work just to live. And so he brought his he brought his expenses down to like the lowest possible, uh, the lowest possible state. Mm-hmm. And he found that he only had to work one day a month. He only had to hire himself out for labor one day a month. And the reason why he was he was he was fighting against this exact thing that you're talking about, this this technocratic like economic upspin where people are like, well, if I buy a tractor, I can increase my output by 50 percent. He's like, yeah, but now you have to upkeep a tractor. Yeah. You know, and it's all of this like this, this growth and growth and growth and growth and growth. But eventually, if you grow and grow and grow, you become dependent. Sure, we built roads with cars and they can go fast, but now you have to have them. And cars on average cost yeah. an American $8,000 a year. So right. if you have a $50,000 a year job, almost 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 20% of that is going to your car. Mm-hmm. 15%, we'll say 15. Even just think about like a house, right? You there's more money in the economy. Great. That means I can instead of taking half a year or a year to build my own house full time with all my family and all my friends in the whole village. I can pay hired workers to build my house. Okay, it, cool, yeah. cool. So you've got, so you guy hundred years ago, can't afford to do that. Awesome. And then you still own it, right? Because you've paid for the materials you've paid, you've bought the land or you inherited the land and uh, you don't have to go into debt to do that. Awesome. If you like draw that out and now you have a bunch of dudes employing a bunch of other dudes who also have to employ other dudes. Like, it's not just, it used to be like, you could, okay, hey, go get me some timber for this. And you just had a guy go to the timber place and then get the timber. Now there's like 14 levels of dudes in between you and the timber, you know, because of just how it like, I don't know how to describe this, but it feels like with the growth, everything just gets stretched out and more and more intermediaries begin to exist between you and the the resource you know yes this is this is bruno latour we have never been modern i he, loved grenade he's just my favorite song by him i don't know what that means but, i'd uh, catch a grenade for you oh that's bruno mars oh <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh sorry i got distracted by jersey shore because they say grenade all the time in Jersey Shore, and I don't quite know what it means. But Jersey anyway. Shore is something that never really caught my eye. Never really know? hit for you? I knew about Pauly D, and I knew about Snooki. Snooki was the, the proto-Kim like, Kardashian. The situation. Yeah. The situation, right? But that that was like really – everyone kind of talked about it and knew about it. But I never – I wouldn't even know what channel it was on to watch it. TMZ? TMZ is a news outlet. CNN? Okay. Maybe. Maybe on maybe on Fox. Maybe business? maybe on CNN. Maybe when Trump was in office, it was a lot like Jersey Shore. You know what I'm saying? With the orange is Trump is as orange, orange as Snooky fake tan and, and Cheeto Man. Yeah. Cheeto Man, Orange Man Bad. Mike the Situation Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with that? You were talking about um, Bruno Latour. Bruno Latour in We Have Never Been Modern talks about how um the modern world tries to like get rid of mediation mm-hmm. tries to separate nature from uh, nature from society mm-hmm. and isolate one or the other. Mm-hmm. 
And in so doing, it as it tries to get further and further apart, there are actually a bunch of hidden connections between them. So like he calls them hybrids. So like a phone, we think of it as purely technology, but in reality, it's a hybrid between technology and our brain chemistry. There's like a connection between how a phone works mm-hmm. and how our brain works because yeah. the way our brain works has determined how the phone works. The phone wouldn't have those colors if they didn't make our brains go wee woo wee woo you know twitter the twitter algorithm wouldn't work like that if our society like the twitter algorithm is not purely technology they have Mm -hmm. a democrat and republican button in there it's open source now we all found it yeah and so like that is a that is a connection between technology and society and so like the all these hidden connections we we try to get the modern world is trying to get rid of mediation this is interesting because father harrison's definition of of modernity which is my favorite definition is it's a denial of mediation, but I was reading the world beyond your head recently, which he it's a, it's an, it's an anti-liberal book. It's an anti-modern book. And he talks about how modernity has too much mediation in it. Mm-hmm. I thought, how can both of these things be true at the same time? Cause I understand what he's saying. Like, he, cause he's saying like your car is mediating the world to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you are not able to like experience the feeling of driving because the car is soundproofed. So you can't hear how loud your engine is. The car is air conditioned. You can't feel how hot it is outside. You can't hear the sound. The, the radio is playing. So you can't hear anything outside. So I was like, what does this mean? I think I think it's it's on the outside. It's a denial that there's mediation. Mm-hmm. But underneath the surface, there's more mediation than there ever has been. It's just a, right. it's the wrong kind. It's not a human mediation. It's technically it's like a it's like a blindness. It's like an imposed blindness, blindness and a willful blindness towards yeah. the mediation that is there it's like increasing Mm -hmm. it it's like satan's working at it from both angles right he's like he wants to increase the distance between us and the real and then also make us think that we're as close to the real as we've ever been yes yeah it's it's important that we trick ourselves in that way so yeah i guess uh, there's nothing that can be done um it will all fail eventually (laughs) uh that's fine the the only thing that that we can do right is take a month off more human Oh, so like in, I, I was thinking about this recently because I was, I was, I was reading Jenny O'Dell's how to do nothing. I just mm-hmm. read the first couple of, um, the first couple of chapters. It's different. It's different than I, I, because she's, uh, she's oftentimes placed beside Cal Newport because their mm-hmm. books came, their book, digital minimalism and how to do nothing came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. But Jenny O'Dell is like a philosopher. She's like a, a professor. Yeah. So she is a professor of like art. And so she's very like cerebral. Whereas Cal Newport is very much like, just delete your stupid apps, man. Just come on. Yeah. <laughs> and she was writing about how like people want to move back to the land. They want to like move out to the land. And she asked the question, she was like, have you even moved to like where you live? Really? Mm-hmm. Do you actually live where you live? Mm-hmm. Because most people live on the internet. And they yeah. just happen to have a house in Melbourne, Florida. This is what we talked about last week. Yeah. And so she's like, try moving to a place, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, try moving really like moving deeper into your community, be more human in that, in that regard. So like, I guess the answer is, you know, the problem was started by centralized, um, by centralized power, right? Centralized businesses, governments, banks, right? The only thing that we can do is decentralize and that decentralization can't happen from 
top down. It has to happen from bottom up. It has to be your community asserting itself as a, a political force in your city and your city asserting itself as a political force in your state, right? Like that's just how it has to happen. Um, anyway, so it's unfortunate because it means that we're not going to have this big revolutionary moment. No, it's not. We're not going to be able to tickle that tickle that funny bone of we're not going to be able to scratch that itch of revolution. Yeah, but it does mean that our grandkids will have a better world. So yeah, just, and that's it's just, good, right? You love your grandkids, right? If you if you if you teach your children, like what what could be and what should be, mm-hmm. and you and you start reading these books that are older than ten years old, you can start to <laughs> it, it like expands your view of what the world could be like. Mm-hmm. and you can see the pitfalls, right? It's definitely like, I'm, I'm talking about this book. It's like, there's definitely some flaws in these people and like how they're living. And so you can see the risks of, you know, the guy who gets super into debt and uh, the woman who has a bunch of affairs and the other guy who uh, is so stricken with like, uh, like what's it called? Depression about his situation, about how he can't find a wife or he can't find a woman that he just latches on to all the people around him and like becomes a sycophant basically. And, you know, like you see these flaws in these people and I think good literature can pull that out uh, of you and like help you understand, help you teach your children like, wow, this is the way that this all is, is not how it has been and not how it could be. Um, and if you want to hear more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash the crunch and you can subscribe at the $10 a month level for our bonus podcast, where every week we're going to talk about literature in a way that is real and deep. And we're going to talk about the book. We need people are asking for like a reading plan. Oh, baby, you're speaking my language. I gotta, I gotta do a little research to make a reading plan. Yeah. Patrick's going to make a reading plan. Can you finish that today? Because I have Oof. to have as much of <laughs> this. Yes. Okay, fine. I'll add well, that to my point. No, I mean, I just have to, we have to record this podcast on monday and i haven't read any of it yet yes and yes, so i just need to know how much it. of it i need to read mm-hmm. i'm gonna start i mean i guess you could you could do it tomorrow if you really had to no uh, I'll, I'll work on it today i'm right. planning on do whatever you gotta do man but patreon.com slash the crunch is the place to be if you want to hear from now until the end of time about all of the history of literature and the cool things that yes. we'll be reading especially the hunchback of notre dame which we're starting next week Patrick, do you have a Dr. Ethan's dating corner? This is from r slash Catholic dating, Ethan. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Okay. This is caught up courting. Hey, y'all. I, 30 male, met a good Catholic woman, 28 female, online dating six months ago. Great. She currently lives in another state, though I live in her home state, which I've called home since I was 18. Wow. She was honestly an answer to my prayers when we first started Mm. talking. This is a very Reddit post. It's very Mm -hmm. long. Mm-hmm. here's my entire life story neither of us had taken online dating seriously and each of us have gotten out of relationships um things are going great we both want the same things family kids stay-at-home mom etc she's well educated high earner i'm currently in a career transition becoming a lawyer i even agreed to her idea of trying traditional courtship this is a weird way to phrase it no bedtime fun until marriage <laughs> no bedtime hey man fun. you're 30 years old you're 30 years old you can just <laughs> say 30. sex you can say sex bedtime fun bedtime fun are you talking toddler all right all right uh even waiting to have our first kiss at the wedding wow she which is funny because that's 
I guess traditional courtship is that I don't know. I don't. She know laid out all this weighing the guests, weighing the uh, few weeks of us talking. I was intrigued and agreed. So far, it's been long distance. Okay, that makes it easier. Yes, we've agreed to meet for the holidays and exchange gifts, meet families. I've never had such an open kind of relationship. It's freeing. I didn't intend on finding a relationship like this. Uh, we had talked about the possibility of her moving back to her home state where I live and getting more official and spending more time together before we decide to become engaged and married. Um, the seriousness in the timeline never really bothered me. I'm in my 30s. I have a, and have a lot of life and relationship experience more than her. She's 28. Okay, okay. calm down. Uh, I think I've learned to set good boundaries and maintain a vision for what I want. Uh, yesterday, she brought up that she spoke to her counselor and they recommended she not move until there's an engagement ring. A therapist. Anyway, uh, unless I wanted to move where she lives, I'm thinking I don't want to do long distance relationship again. Basically made it known that I'm not going to propose to a long distance girlfriend I don't get to see often. So there's conflict. She just want to move unless it's a sure thing. I don't want to engage without having spent more time together. Her family mentioned making regular trips, etc. Do I end it and focus on the grind before either of us invest more time into this or do I accept her solution? Um, apparently she said... Her family mentioned making regular trips at a time to spend time in the evenings while she works during the day. I feel like she slash they are trying to get find a sensible middle ground. Um, I'm going to. OK, yeah, that's that's the, all the important stuff. So I guess the main issue is that her counselor said, don't move <laughs> don't until move there's there. an engagement ring. Yeah. And he doesn't want to propose until. They're in the same place. They're in the same place. So there's a catch twenty two. Yeah. What do they? What do yeah. they catch twenty do? Joseph Heller is rotating in his grave right now. Uh, I think he's been constantly rotating. I think they made it so that the yeah, little could, concrete block where they put him spins. He could never sleep. Um, poor guy. He's in the eternal sleep but never gets to rest. Now that's a catch twenty two. That's a catch twenty two. <laughs> um. So yeah. Oh. Uh, bedtime fun <laughs> such a weird i think this guy i don't know i don't know this guy from adam but basically what did he think what did he think traditional courtship was if he had to specify you don't get to have sex like what did he think non-traditional dating was yeah i want that you know? non-traditional traditional courtship where you have sex but you are feel bad about it <laughs> That's non-traditional courtship, baby. No, yeah. Um, I think I think this guy probably just needs to move. Yeah. He just he just yeah. needs to suck it up. I understand. Oh no, he can't move because he's in school. He can't move because he's in school. How does yeah. it say how much longer he has in school? Uh I don't I don't remember. It was too long. I don't want to look. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that makes the most sense is just say, Hey, I want to move there. Let me finish school first. I'll come and see you as often as I can. And then that way, because you don't want to have to tell her, like, obviously, I think that counselor is kind of dumb for saying, like, you can't move until there's an engagement ring. And then obviously, this woman placed a lot of trust in what her counselor says. Yeah. I'm also like, hmm, don't know about that. But it's like, I, I understand. I understand that, like, your counselor probably knows you well. Sure. But the, the, the idea don't move until there's an engagement ring unless she's moved for guys before actually it sounds like the counselor doesn't want to lose a client yeah probably <laughs> it's a little biased there maybe yeah um yeah i i tend i tend to like distrust those kinds of advice like mm -hmm. spiritual director maybe yeah regular confessor probably not especially if you go anonymously mm -hmm. um 
counselor, maybe. Right. It's, I think sometimes people use counselors as like a, a proxy for discernment. Yeah. Or prudence. Yeah. You maybe know? she's saying that because she doesn't want to move and she's needs like an official out so that because she yeah. she wants to stay in the relationship but she doesn't want to move but she doesn't want to say that she doesn't want to move and so she says my counselor says that i don't want to yeah move. if if your counselor says you shouldn't move and your parents are like why don't you try it out and you go with your counselor you have mm -hmm. a broken idea of what it means to like seek counsel yeah. you know <laughs> yeah my counselor said that uh my girlfriend is really cool. She just goes to another school and you don't know her. And she, and my counselor is very smart. And so you should trust him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, I don't know. He just needs to be aware that this woman obviously feels hesitant to move. And he just needs to get over himself. I think that's true in most cases for guys. Is like, if you really want to pursue the woman, you got to pursue the woman. And if she, he said like, oh, she's an answered prayer, but I just don't, I just don't know what to do. It's like, well, you just do what you have to do. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a thing that I feel like it's very difficult for men. And I don't know anything, right? I have a four month old. I've been married for less than two years. I don't know anything, but a lot of times you talk to older men who have lots of kids who have been in their job for a long time. And you're like, how do you do all the things that you do? And he's just says like, you just do what you have to do. And I'm like starting to understand that, you know, because yeah. like you kid wakes up in the middle of the night, you just have to go get him. You know, kid is screaming. You just have to hold him. Wife needs you to stay home, even though you wanted to go to a thing with your friends. You stay home. You just do what you have to do. And the more times you do that, the more that you learn that like that's just what it is to be a man. And this yeah. guy who's single and 30 doesn't understand that yet. Like he doesn't understand that you just have to do what you have to do. And yeah. it's you can't explain it to him because he'll be like, oh, I don't get it. Because <laughs> that's just how guys who haven't been through it are like. Because yeah. I was I'm like, sorry, that, I'm you know? starting to get that with like what I was like working with teenagers. It was like, yeah, you just, you just got to do it. Yeah, you know, like with working with like middle schoolers, I would say, okay, you're you were over there with your friends, and your friends all made a mess, and you guys have to go clean it up. And they're like, I didn't do all of that. You just got to do it though. Yeah, you have to do it. Like you just yeah. like go. Oh, oh, but some of the girls, but that's fine. Go do what you got to do yeah you know yeah that's a, that's a tough thing for this guy is it's it's hard to be a 30 year old redditor in america because it's, it's just i mean everything is catered to you you know you've got disposable <laughs> income you're excited about the mario movie there's for all, some there's reason all, yeah you know like it just you gotta you, got, you, got you gotta get over all that of, you got 15 years of marvel yeah you know it's time you got to enjoy it's time to it. move on it, you, like were, you, you were 15 you were 15 years old when the first yeah. iron man movie came out and you just got every year you got a new thing and yeah and a new thing and a new thing and, and a new we're thing. all very happy for you but mm -hmm. it's time to, to to pack it up <laughs> it's time, time to move it's on time. it's time yeah that's what i would say to this guy yeah granted i don't know anything but i do have a doctorate so he's not even out of school yet <laughs> cringe what's he getting cringe. his jd all right I only know one JD cool Flynn. lawyer. Yeah. Who? Regan. Oh, that's true. Regan, the goat, former editor of the show, former Crunch intern, current Discord Why be a mod. redditor when you can be an editor of the Crunch podcast? <laughs> um, I think that'll do it for us today. Yeah. Patreon.com slash the crunch bit.ly slash crunch discord. Mm-hmm. 
join the Patreon this week so that you can get the the new the bonus episode on Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame reading plan to be dropped uh, ASAP. We're probably going to do kind of like what we did for the Power of Silence Lenten book study. We're going to have some forums on the Discord for people to follow along with. Um, and we'll, we'll, that might be public and it might be private. I don't know. Um, because part of me is like, well, if we had the public forums and people saw other people talking about the book, they would join Discord or join Patreon. But if it's private, well, then it's exclusive. We can have them private, but only so we can, we can have the conversation public, but yeah. not everyone can comment. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Let's, let's yep. talk about that. Let's do that. Uh, very good, Patrick. Well, uh, do you have anything else for the people? Tune in next week when I handwrite every Discord member's name on an individual piece of paper, put them in a hat, shake it all up, draw it, and then ban that person. <laughs> oh my goodness. How exciting. <laughs> I know. That's a joke. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. <laughs> he will do it. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you. And we'll see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.